Ooh. Okay. Hello? Hey, Michelle. We're connected. All right. We're actually recording. Sorry for being a little slow to this. Michelle, can I hear your voice? See how you come up? Hey, Michael Perez. This is Michelle Rico. How are you doing? I'm doing great tonight. Saturday night, night before uh, Easter. Just wanted to... Uh, Tell a story tonight about your life, if you don't mind. You said you would come on this podcast and have an open mind and talk about your life openly and candidly. There's no judgments here tonight. We all have a story to tell, and I just happen to think your story in particular is very interesting, Michelle. Well, my story is very long, so why don't you pick an exciting subject that you'd like to hear about? I want to start from the beginning. I think I want to, where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana. And um, uh, my family moved out to a small little town called Bloomfield, Indiana, where they had two stoplights in the whole entire town. So everybody knew everybody. Two what? Two stoplights. Two stoplights. Two stoplights. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, your dad, what did your dad do? Uh, my dad was a disabled uh, military uh, from the Army. He, he, was, he was disabled. So um, Was he hurt in, in the military? Yes, he was hurt in the military. But before so he's he, a war hero. Before he went into the military. Yes, he is. Uh, was. And before he went into the military, he was a, he was a carpenter. So he did, uh, you know, a lot of, like, uh, fixing up homes and retiling and and just doing the handicrafty work that needed to be done and your mom where was your mom from my mom's from indiana and uh my mom was uh raised in indianapolis as well and she um she worked at a she worked at a school as a as a janitor okay and how old was your mom when she had you my mom was 17 when she had me. She was actually, um, my grandma told me that when uh, she was, uh, when she was pregnant with me, that she was skipping school and she was hiding behind the couch. And I guess back in those days, you know, you skip school and you got a beating. So my mom literally got beat with a, with a, um, an extension cord. And uh, my grandma didn't know that she was pregnant with me. So she found out afterwards. That's why she was skipping school. So. But I turned, well, out, I tonight, turned out okay. <laughs> you seem all right. Part of tonight's show episode, we're going to be touching a little bit on mental health. And this is a little bit of a difficult subject. But your mom, we know, developed schizophrenia at a young age. Meaning, like, you hear voices with schizophrenia, correct? Yes. That's, that's the, your mind uh, hears voices. Mm-hmm. Now, how old were you when your mom, when you realized your mom was hearing voices that you knew something was wrong? How old were you? Well, I knew that like when my mom, when I was around seven years old and my mom and dad were um, fighting and um, I found out later on that the reason that they were fighting and they were going through their separation was because my mom was raped um, at the school by three men and... um, 
she went into the hospital and that's what triggered her her um she was raped by three by three men mm-hmm. and uh where did this take place um at school after school when she was leaving on, at on, a school? on well not at like physically in the school but on her way home literally the school was like a few blocks from from where we lived so she walked to work and um and it happened on her way coming home and so and she was how old was she when this happened um she would have been um 24 years old it's a young lady and already at this age my mom at that age she had four kids so she had four kids at 24. Mm-hmm. She was raped coming home from school. Let me get that correct. Coming home from school, you said? Well, she was after work. She was walking home. Walking. Okay. Yeah. okay. And was and was raped. I think that's terrible. Yeah. That is a terrible, terrible thing. And I'm sorry to have to ask you about this, but uh, I think there's some good lessons that could be learned and an interesting story to be told. Mm-hmm. Uh and what do you remember? Did, was there anything particular in your house that night? Some uproar? Or, no, I think my mom, when it happened to my de- mom, I didn't, no, we never knew anything. They kept that like, uh, it was a secret. They didn't want no one to know. And my mom actually went into the hospital. She was in the hospital for a couple of days. And my mom, after coming out, was not, never the same person. And she actually uh, resorted to drinking. And my mom was never a drinker. Um, until that until that time and then she became so so she wasn't the same and resorted to alcohol to cover her pain to to cover the pain of that and you think that might have been when she started hearing the voices too i think i think that's when she's 24 i i think they say traumatic experiences can induce Mm -hmm. and this my family is that you know schizophrenia usually uh, goes from generation and skips a generation but in 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 my family the mental illness runs really deep my um my mother's father he had schizophrenia and um so your mother's father had mm -hmm. it and got it and then um my my younger brother um he got it so it's really like that's not a true a, a a true science when they say that it skips a generation because this literally was from generation to generation. And did your dad and mom land up staying together after that? No, my mom was never the same. So my mom, like I said, it was really sad because, you know, the life that she had and, you know, she would never be able to reach those because of this. Do you, do you know if the three men that raped your mom were ever held accountable? No. Because my mom, I heard that my mom um, was walking and they hit her in the back of the head. And she got, she, she was knocked out instantly. That's terrible. Well, she, they, she, I guess uh, she, not that she knocked out instantly, but she, uh, you know, she fell down to the ground and they, you know, she was trying to, she was fighting. She was in struggle. She saw three men. She couldn't identify them. It was dark. It was night. And they were, my mom said they were black, but, you know, I don't want to put that in there, but. You know, that's all right. It's you okay. know, that's that's um, what she said, and then she said she blacked out. Now let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So after this happened, 
your mom and dad start having difficulty. Yeah, my mom didn't want to have sex it's a tough anymore. Thing to deal mom with. Was, yeah, it was really tough. It's a tough deal thing to do. It was with. tough, and she didn't. So they broke up. At what point did they separate? Probably about several months after that. My mom just, she like I said, she was totally not the same person. She just wanted to drink all the time. So, you know, we as kids didn't see that. My dad kept that away from us. But, um, you know, he took us uh, and and and. They, they separated. Now, when you refer to your, your dad, what's his name? David? David Colvin. You said? Mm -hmm. Turns out that a few years later after that, you found out he wasn't your real dad, right? Yeah. So you went through from what age to what age till you learned that David wasn't your biological? What age were you? Uh, I had just turned 13, and I was... Um... I was living with my mom during this time because, you know, when they separated, I was going from, you know, my father to my mom to my, you know, back and forth. So I was living with my mom at this time and she had a, she had an abusive boyfriend and not the, and I was probably a smart ass kid, <laughs> but you know, um, he would, I mean, he didn't like punch me, but he, he like knee in my chest and was uh, he had like one pinky long nail and he was scratching my face. So I have like little scars on my little pit, scars on my face from that. And um, so he was a very domineering. Your mom inherited. I don't know if inherited is the right word, but maybe she left your dad and met this guy and you were living with her and he was, he was abusive. He was, That's abusive. He was an That's he was abusive. An alcoholic too. So, you know, I wanted to go live with my dad and my mom said, I told her I'm living with my dad and, he, and she's like, he's not your dad. And then I was like, I went to my grandma and I said, my mom said, my dad isn't my dad. And she said, your mom's crazy. <laughs> but they well, didn't know at the time what was going on with my mom. No one knew my mom had mental illness at this time. They just thought that she was drinking all the time because of the accident or the incident that happened. And plus people back then were probably not as aware as today about mental illness. There is there is a lot more uh, of a spotlight yeah. today on mental illness. So, yeah. Okay, so so not only did your mom and dad separate, your mom's drinking, and she's drinking with some guy who's rough with you. And right after this, in this time of your life, you learned that your dad is not your dad. Right. So that's a double, maybe triple whammy, if you will. And uh, were you doing good in school, or do you, were you having problems? No, I, I did, were you a good I, student? I was, I was a good student when my when my mom and dad were together, and then it was like right after right after that, <clears throat> we went to live with my uncle and my dad's brother, and I, an A student that I was. I went from actually from they passed me up to first grade because I was okay. So okay, let me let's back up a little bit. So you left your mom's house. And went back to Indiana. Your mom was where? Where was your mom living? Look, it's really confusing happened? to go back and forth because there was so many times we were in California, Indiana, California. Okay, so you went. Okay, California. So right, you just made my yeah. point. So you were going back and yeah, forth. Yeah, so I was in California, and then. So it did affect your your school. Yeah, I was I was an honor student before, and then after that, it was like I could I couldn't wow. even I couldn't okay. even read right, like you know, and all my grades from A's went to D's and F's. So, um, so when, let me, when you're the day you found out that your dad wasn't your dad, what was that like? That was devastating. Yeah. Devastating. I went back to Indiana 
my who was with you and who told you that who made it register well, in my, your mind that, that was i wanted dad? to go back with my dad so my aunt that lived here that was my dad's sister her uh my cousins they were uh driving back to indiana so i actually uh went back with them without my mom even knowing and so when i got back there my mom um you know she wanted to get me back to california and my dad's attorney said you know if you go go to court and it comes up that you're not her father, then she, the little girl's going to be devastated. And so my attorney, my dad's attorney told him to tell me. And so my dad, you know, at 12, 13 years old, you want to, your dad says, Hey, you want to, you want to uh, drive the car? You're like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like really excited. I thought I was going to get to drive my dad's car. And he takes me out and he says, um, he says, I have something I got to tell you. And I said, We'll pull over so I could drive. And he says, no, I really have to tell you this first. And uh, I said, well, hurry. And he goes, well, I just ha I have to tell you that I'm not your dad. And then after that, I was blank. I couldn't hear anything my dad was saying. I was in shock. I was sitting there. I didn't know. I was just like totally devastated. And I only remember us getting back to the, the house and I just ran in and I was just like, crying uncontrollably and my stepmom came in and she's like you know Michelle this is just as hard on your dad as it is you you know he loves you so much and he's hurting and I just want to tell you it's it's not the man who makes you it's the one who raises you and your dad he loves you like you're his and... <laughs> wow. okay now a few years later I'm sorry, but, but I, I need you to compose yourself. I know this is tough. Now, a few years later from that, you were saying that he passed away. And he didn't pass away until I was 18. Okay, but you were like 13 there. So that's only five years. Five years later, he passes yeah. away. In between that time, did you find out who your real father yeah, I was? Did. Um, I asked him, I said, well, who's my dad? And, and he said, well, he's, he's someone who lives in Indianapolis. And I said, I like to, I like to, you know, meet him. And he, he arranged it. And then when uh, he took me down there to meet with him, um, these were people that was in my mom's family. The lady that he took me to was a lady that used to babysit me when I was a little girl. And um, the lady would tell me this was my grandma. I didn't know she was my grandma. I just thought my mom was taking me there to, for her to babysit me while she was handling whatever she needed to handle. And the lady would tell me that this man in the picture was my father. And I was like, no, he's in California. See, cause it was, remember I told you that my mom was in Indiana, then my dad, you know, they just went back and forth. So yeah, my dad yeah. was yeah. in California and I said, no, my dad's in California. And she's, she literally, I was seven years old. She made me cry. Cause I was like, that's not my dad. My dad's in California. And I told my mom, never take me there again. I never want to see that lady. And so when my dad took me there to meet them, she took me across to one of the houses that they were working on that she owned. And um, she said, RJ. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He, she says, you need to come in here. There's someone who wants to meet you. And um, he starts walking in. And as soon as he came through the hallway and, you know, walking down the hallway and I was standing right there, like I was looking in the mirror. I look just like him. Was there an instant connection, Michelle? Did you get an instant no, connection? No, there was no connection. Like no, there no. was no connection. My, he actually, 
when he saw me, he put his head down and walked away. He didn't even say hi to me. He didn't come uh, and talk to me. He just. So you had to take that was that had to be a little oh, bit of a blow. Yeah, it was, it was... So he came back at some point and talked to you. No, right? not at that time. He did not. He didn't come. He didn't come. And. Um, at what point in your life did you make start making a relationship? With I remember him? when I was like when I turned sixteen, my mom says, "Let's go uh, visit your dad." And so she took me over there, and I guess his his wife and his kids were gone. So that I sat there, and he gave me like twenty dollars for my birthday, and just was asking me some questions and stuff. And then we left. But I think my mom just wanted me to go so she could get the twenty dollars so she could buy alcohol. Interesting. So. That was that time, and then later on, I was around 25 when he um, he called me and asked me for help. And yeah, really, my uh, his his daughter was in Cal Northern California visiting with some friends, and I guess his friend tried. Um, so out of the blue, he hadn't had any contact with you, and all these yeah, all out of the years? blue, it was just like he called me and. And you're kind of this nice young lady who's moved on in her life. You just took the call and embraced yeah, your father. I just, I, I, he said that he said she needed Good help, for you. and so I, I said, well, where's she at? And I'll get her. I'll bring her here. And she was like uh, 17 at the time, and you know, I guess his friend was trying to, um, you know, take advantage of her, and he was like mm. devastated and wanted to get her out of the situation. So, and he's in Indiana, and this is in California, so. Um, she came to me and me, she ended up, you know, she was supposed to be going back to Indiana after five days and she enjoyed, we had so much fun together that she extended her stay and she ended up staying three weeks with me. So you bonded, <laughs> we were you bonded like, with her. It was amazing. It was just how we are so much alike. So she is your, she is your half sister. So yeah, she she's is my half sister, but we, I mean, we look alike, we act alike. Okay. It's just incredible. Right. Let's back up a little bit. And where's your mom at this point? You're you're in California. You rekindle the relationship with your dad. Where's your mom at this uh, point? I didn't know because I lost contact with my mom. But um, she was a uh, she was homeless, and I didn't know that at this time. But this is this is where she would have been, and uh -huh. and she was actually in Anaheim. So and I was in Montana. So at that time. And you're, you're, you're at the time you're raising a family. How many kids did you have at this point? Uh, two. Okay. So you, you have two kids, you're raising a family. you kind of were, you were a survivor. You weren't kind of, you were a survivor because you really didn't have your mom had, nobody. had her problem and she was homeless. She was hearing voices and you were, your dad had passed away when he was 18. The one that really wasn't your father, but was your father. And you were disconnected from your real father. So you're out there in the world surviving and trying to make a life for yourself, you're going to work at 17. And you're just trying to survive, you know, you're really kind of alone in the world. And uh, at what age were you, and nobody's trying to judge you here or anything. My point is you're trying to survive out there. Well, you, you know, you didn't have too much guidance. At what point did you find out? How old were you when your mom passed away? And tell me a little bit about how you found out your mom passed away and the whole thing about it. So go ahead well, and let you go. I was 25. It was right after. 
I was 25 and I was at work and my brother called me and he said, David, Tim. And he David, says, uh, okay. he said, our mom died. And I'm like, I was at work and I was like, what do you mean? He says, he says she, she got killed in an accident. And then I just, uh, I lost it. I start crying uncontrollably. I ran to the bathroom. My boss comes to me and she's like, Michelle, just go home and take a few days off. And, um, yeah, I found out that, uh, you know, she had gotten into an accident and, uh, and, and, and actually it wasn't right. It was a year prior. My brother just found out. So she had died a year before I found out. And wow. so I started okay. doing my so, research okay. and I called, you know, I called the city, I called, you know, to find out what happened. And they said that she was, it was a hit and run and that she was in, um, in intensive care. And uh, that they tried finding her family, but they couldn't find anyone. And so they cremated her body and threw her ashes at sea. And I just, I lost it. I cried so hard. And I was just like, you think because she's a homeless person that she didn't have any family? She had all of her family. You look up her name in Indiana and it's every Griggs in the book is related to her. I'm like, I, I can't believe how the people how the city, how, how they treat the homeless people. They don't care. They don't care. They just, they just, I don't know. I just. Now, now we know with mental illness, when you have not only somebody who has schizophrenia and they have a drinking problem, you really cannot contain those people. If they're going to want to go out in the street and drink, they're going to go do it. There's really not much you can do to contain those people unless you find a, a you know they mm -hmm. lock them up somehow that's how mm -hmm. usually they save their lives so no you know no judgment on that i don't think you should feel bad because containing containing a human like that is really harder than yeah. most people think but that's why you know that's why, that's it, why our that's, mental that's, illness, our mental, uh, uh, illness uh, is so out of control right now because you know there are ways that they can do they can so let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If they rounded these people up and they, you know, it's maybe not the nicest scene in the world to see these people rounded up, but it's, it maybe needs to be done. Do you think your mom oh, would be alive today? Had they rounded these people yeah, up? Yeah, she would have been, maybe she would have been in a locked facility and uh, she would have been getting the proper care that she needed and she wouldn't have had access to alcohol and drugs. So, you know, under the proper care of, of, of medical doctors and nurses, I feel absolutely she'd be here today. And you also, at this time, I think you were telling me that your brother was living with you. David, yeah, what I have both of my brothers. I used to take care of both of my brothers. And David, at some point in his youth, started hearing voices also yeah right? when he was 22 he started talking really strange and i was just like i i thought something weird but at the same time i thought maybe it's true you know because we had the where, where i lived right across the street the people were uh from the band lighter shade of brown and so you know these things that he was telling me i said well maybe he's hanging out with them and maybe because he was like i wrote a song for metallica or something like that and <laughs> he was saying all these weird things i was like David, how come, I mean, no. And so just little things like that, just, you know, how he would say that just didn't make any sense. And then it was just like probably a year after that, that's when he really, uh, really went bad. 
Okay, so you lost your mom, you lost your dad, your brother David's hearing voices. You have two babies. You're 24, mm-hmm. 25. And who did you end up marrying? Who's the father uh, of the Rico. children? And you met him how? I met him um, at a car dealership. He was a car salesman. And um, he said that he saw me cross the street uh, and uh, he wanted to run over there and say he was the manager so he could talk to me. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's how I met him. So, lo and behold, a couple of years after that, you're married. You guys have a house in Fontana. Well, no, I had one. I, Karina's actually, Karina's five and a half years yeah. older than Crystal, so... We had Chris, Karina for five years before Crystal came along. So I was 26 when I had Crystal. Okay. So in between all this, you found... Yeah. Is your phone okay? So after all this, you are 26. Your mom passed away. Your dad passed away. Your brother's hearing voices. And at what point did your brother Tim enter your life? I'm sorry. I didn't... You cut out. What point did Tim come into your life? You were said you were taking care of two brothers. Uh, so, yeah, Tim, Tim how, how did he come well, to live uh, with you? When, when in, um, in, uh, my dad David died, um, my brother Tim was, it, back then they couldn't call it like an autistic kid. So they, they called him disabled kids. And um, my stepmother uh, that we had, couldn't, I guess, couldn't handle him or I don't know what happened. And he ended up going into foster care. And, um, I, uh, I, you know, looked into seeing how I could get him so he can come live with me because he was being abused in the foster care. And, um, and so I was able to get him to come and live with me. So he, I had David and Tim both and I was taking care of both of them. So in one house, you have two brothers, yes. a husband and two kids. We converted our garage into a room. So my brothers lived in the garage and then I had, uh, room for my my two rooms for my daughters and then did you ever have any flare-ups between uh, your 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 husband and your brothers or they just just got got along along really well well. no no well robert worked all the time he was at work like every day he worked like long hours because he worked in la and he was a car salesman so you know hour on the road there you know all day there and then an hour on the road back so And I want to make sure that everybody knows right now that there's no judgments here. You come from a pretty tough background, you know, your mom hearing voices when you're 13 years old, finding out your dad is not your dad, not too much after that, and then he passes away, and then your dad rejects you, but you later rekindle a relationship with him. I even think you were telling me that when you were younger that the people you were hanging around with gave you a joint laced with PCP when you were like a really young kid. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I hate to jump back, but that I forgot. And that's a pretty interesting story. Yeah, When I was like uh, eight or nine years old, um, my aunt hung out with the hell's angels and uh, she came. um, My mom lived in some apartments and those hell's angels lived in the same complex that we lived in. And my, um, it was in Orange County. And, um, okay. yeah, so, uh, she Go came ahead. over and I was hanging out by the pool 
and she's I saw her and so I was like went to say hi to my aunt and uh, I walked with her we I went to the room to the to their uh unit and um and I was sitting bed and this wasn't like an apartment these this was like the like you know the hotels that are converted into apartments and and so I was sitting on the bed okay. it was like two two queen beds I was sitting on one of the bed with my aunt and then she had two friends with her and the hell's angels they sparked up a joint and they gave it to my aunt and then my aunt passed to me and I was giving it to the next person because I, I was just like in the middle so I just you know passed it and the hell's angel lady's like smoke it and I was like like nine and how old were you again and and I was okay, like go um, too, go too young and she's like just smoke it and I was like okay so I, I just took a, like a like I didn't even inhale it. And she's like, breathe in. And she says, smoke it like this. And, and so she showed me how to do it. So I did. And I held, she's like, hold it. And then I did. And then I, they probably passed it around like three times. I, and I smoked those three times. And then I was sitting there like a, like a zombie. And I didn't, they, they didn't know they were all stoned. So my aunt's like, okay, let's go. So I remember us getting up. And I remember when I got up, I felt like if I was walking on a cloud, it felt really weird. And so we went down to the the car and they were sitting in the car or that little truck, like a little, little pickup truck. And I was a little kid. So I was swinging on the door back and forth and they're in there talking. And all of a sudden, like I could hear them talking. And then I could, I felt like my body turned into this machine. And I, and then when it was in, I could see in color and when it was in color, I could hear them talk. And then when it would come in black and white, I couldn't hear. So it literally sounded like somebody going, let's, we move, you know, and I started freaking out because I was like, what? So that joint was probably most likely it laced was with PCP. Yeah, PCP, angel dust. I don't, it was some bad drug, yeah. It was the same thing, yeah. Back then, so, that was what um, they did. So you said, you said that you were hearing weirdness, and what so, else? Keep going, uh, I'm they sorry. they got out of the car to go, and, and it was really weird, because when I was going back and forth, when I was swinging on the door, in my mind, I could see my mom sitting in a chair sewing. But then I started hearing and seeing this, you know, the color and the black and white. And so when I said... Um, I told my aunt, I said, I, I think I'm losing my mind. I was, I didn't know. And so my aunt, she smacked me to tell me to not to act like that. Like she smacked me and I literally felt like, like a vibration go through my whole body. And, uh, she was walking me to the, to the unit. And, uh, when she opened the door, my mom was literally sitting there sewing. So I was really freaking out in my head because I was seeing that in my head. And, you know, when I was down there swinging on the door. So, uh, after that, I just remember like my mom putting me in ice bath water, trying to like, I don't know. So would you call that an out of body um, experience? I don't know. It was like, I could see the future. It was really weird. Like I saw her so sitting there sewing like that. And when I got up there, I saw that. So you woke up with ice in a shower. Well, that is pretty cool. Well, it's, it was weird because I only scene. have vivid little memories and I don't remember almost two months of my whole life of, of going through that. And, you know, they never took me to the doctor. It was just like, I guess they nursed me to, you know, uh, like they, like they, they thought that they were doing the best that they could, but it was like a, a couple months. And, uh, after that, that happened, I went to go visit my dad and, uh, David and, um, I was sitting on the couch. It was kind of late. And all of a sudden I was watching TV and I started feeling that, that like a machine. And I started hearing, like I could, I would hear 
I didn't have the color in the black and white. It was just like the volume was like going up and, you know, like you're turning the radio up and down. And I told my dad, my dad didn't know anything. So I had to tell him what happened. And so he took me to his doctor the next morning, two months later, when this, when that happened. And the doctor said, I still had traces of uh, the drugs in my system. So it was like, I was a miracle child to be able to survive something like that, to be able to still have traces of drugs in my system from something that happened over a few months ago. That's incredible. That's an incredible story alone right there. Wow. Have you had any long-term damage from that? Um, I don't know. I, I think, I think what happened with all that, I'm, uh, you know, that I really feel that was a, a traumatic experience in my life, but that was such a scary thing to feel that I've never did drugs and, you know, I never uh, drank or did any, anything. I mean, a little bit here and there, like when you're in high school and everybody's doing it, but no one could ever pass me a joint. No one could ever get me to do drugs because I was so fearful so that scared you straight and you just so yeah, full partied yeah. a little bit with your friends. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. That's, in, that's, that's a crazy story. Uh, now let's fast forward a little bit. I'm going to ask you about your brother, Tim, that lived with you, that you got from, uh, he was being an abused in a foster home and he's living with you some years later passed away at 26 mm -hmm. as a young man right so you, that was an also another shebang for you but let's back up a little bit from that and there's no judgments here uh, i appreciate your candidness and your honesty uh, this is 30 years ago this is ancient fucking history you and robert through your dad landed up dealing marijuana to Indiana. And long story short, Robert got caught and did time in jail <laughs> that left you and your kids all alone. And you had to fend for yourself while your husband's in jail and you have two little kids and you had to fend for yourself. And that, how old were you when that went down? 27, 20, 28. 27, 28. So obviously you guys were doing okay for a little bit. You had a little good business going. Nobody's getting hurt. It's not that big of a deal. But back then in Indiana, weed might as well have right. been cocaine, right? So they treated anybody with even an ounce you go to jail gram. back then but he had some significant weight yeah yeah grand right. yes see so long story short he gets caught taking some uh a plant to indiana and you're all of a sudden on your own how long um, did he get for he that? got four years and then he got, we got him a good attorney and they reduce it down to wow. two years. Okay. Not the biggest yeah. pinch in the world, if you will. Okay. But it's real time. That's real time. So you're on your own for, for two years while well, he's in another state. 
How did you survive, Michelle? How did you raise kids, your brothers in your house? Well, um, how, one how of his that friends work? that he was dealing with, that he was getting the product from, told me that I have, you know, uh -huh. some people who want to move the product if I could set them up with my brother. And so, so I did, and they, they did a deal, and I got paid off. I got paid, I got paid for it. So uh, just making the connection. And so they paid me several thousand dollars. And so they had another deal coming up. And so I coordinated it and I made more money. So that's how I was getting by because I couldn't afford. But, you know, in, t in today's laws, that's, that's <laughs> called a, an American business person. It's, illegal. it's just back then, illegal. you know, it is, you know, it is what but, it is. I mean, I didn't know. Back I mean, then, I had, you know, I, I worked today it's, um, today it's a different... with uh, CareFlex Home Care. I was a, I was a the biller there and, um, you know, I didn't make much money. Yeah, I, I didn't. That's a pretty I mean, respectable like company. 13 bucks an hour. But that at that time, I mean, that was many, many years ago. That wasn't enough to yeah. make my house payment, my car payment. You know, without his income, I, would, I wasn't able to make the payments. And so I started getting behind on my house. So that's why. And I had kids you to had feed. Yeah. You had kids to feed. Hey, let me ask you a question now. Now, how did he take the product back to Indiana? I mean, what, I mean, no, did he and, just and put it in a in car in a bag and drove it back there? He went and bought at Home Depot those uh, big tool uh, um, containers where it holds like, it's about two and a half, three feet high and it's full of tools. So he would buy that, mm -hmm. take all of the tools out yeah. and then he would pack it with the amount of uh, marijuana that was the same weight as the box would have been. So they tape that up, put it all inside of there, and then they would take it to the post office and have it mailed to them. And then, then they would mail oh, back a birthday gift full of cash. <laughs> so. Interesting. Today, like I said, one more time, yeah. that's just commerce nowadays. And, uh, okay. So you guys are making some good side money. It's your, you know, it's people close to you. Was there ever any hints of the law on you at any time? Were, were you ever get any scares no. or the something? The only time, there had that, to be some that, time it happened was when he drove back. He drove back pounds and a couple kilos. And um, he did some, um, he did some things that he shouldn't have done. Uh, and, uh, and he got caught. So... If he wouldn't have changed, he added a plate onto the car that didn't belong to the car. So on the way going from Indiana to Ohio, because they had another deal that they were doing in Ohio, they need, it was a brand new car that didn't have a license plate. So they took a license plate off of an old car that was just sitting at my dad's house and put it on the car. And so they drove to Ohio and the police, I'm sure behind them, probably ran the plate and then they pulled him over and then they found all that they had and he went to jail. And, and, and he was speeding. So imagine you have pounds of marijuana, a couple kilos, a car that the plate doesn't belong to. Not yeah. very smart. Not yeah. very smart. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, he wasn't driving the, 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 his partner. The... And, and so, you're you're in Fontana. He's in jail. 
you're with your two brothers, your little kids, and you're just trying to put food on the table and survive. And your mom had just passed away not too long ago before that. Did you stay in your house? Well, what did I you do at that my point? job because I couldn't, you know, I couldn't function. It was just all, it was just too much. And um, I was in a very depressed uh, state. And I just finally fell behind on my house. And, you know, I tried getting into real estate. Real estate and Come here. I started working for a real estate office. And then I met this guy named Mike. Come here. Sorry about the dog. Sorry about the dog. A little interference here. Let me just calm her down. Okay, so you're where were you living um, at I that point when you lost from, your house? Um, well, actually, I went to live with my sister-in-law in her garage for a short time, and then I found a, a a little room that was for rent, and I rented a room from this lady. So I stayed there for a couple months, and then I. So that's pretty low. You went from owning a house, mm-hmm. life was good, to renting a room mm-hmm. at some stranger's house. And this is Fontana, still in Fontana? Yeah. Okay. And at what point at time, did you meet um, Mike? I was uh, tanning. I would go tan. And um, uh, they did hair there, too. So the lady was my friend. And I was standing there talking to her. And Mike was walking in, and I, I looked back, and she's like, oh, he tans. I said, he has nice legs. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I said, well, then put me in the better bed. And so she was logging me in, and logging, then she logged him in. And um, he, Mike says, we can share the, be- the better bed. <laughs> and stupid me, I say, I like it on top. <laughs> I think he couldn't wait to get out of the tanning bed to talk to me. Michelle. Okay. <laughs> and at this, at this 30. point, you're yeah, 30? 30. I just turned 30, yes. Yeah. 29. 30. So, how uh, old were your daughters? Nine and four. Well, I'm 10 and five. 10 and five. Okay, and let's back up a little bit. At this point, where's, where's David, well, David and Tim at this point? Where, where did they go? Uh, D- when you uh, lost David your house, what happened to your brothers? Um, a board and care home, and Tim went to live with one of his friends. So literally, Tim yeah, had to leave his sister's house and go live with a friend. And yeah. David went to a to a facility to live. Yeah, he needed to go. So he must have been in bad shape. He was starting to have really, uh, you know, he was doing some really really strange things that he needed help. Were the things that he did and the things your mom did, did they mimic each other? I really loved my mom a lot because she, you know, she was mental and she would just go from place to place and, you know, she she just didn't want to be, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to keep up with that. Can you hear me now? I can't hear you. You're cutting out. Yeah. Okay. So now you're living in a room and you meet this guy named Mike. He was a sparkless And what man. did Mike do for a living? Mm-hmm. Sparkless He's a water man, boy. like the water delivery guy. <laughs> no wonder he had nice. Yeah. No wonder he had nice legs. That's a lot of work. 
so was it instant chemistry? Well, yeah. Uh, uh, did he well, have like to I said, I think you? he couldn't wait to get out of, uh, out of the tanning bed to come talk to me. So um, he got, I got out first, and and then he came out right after. And um, my my friend that owned the shop, she's like, she's like, hurry up and go talk to him. And uh, he walked outside and he was tying a shoe. So I was trying to get Crystal, my little girl, together so we could uh, walk outside. And as, uh, as soon as we walk outside, he's finished tying his shoe. <laughs> and then he says, he says to my daughter, he says, wow, he goes, you're just as pretty as your mom. And so we're kind of walking in the same direction to the car. And um, he followed me to the car. We're talking. And I look at my watch and he thinks I'm trying to blow him off. And I was like, I said, Pancho Villas has happy hour in, in a couple hours. I said, you want to join me? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I found out later that he didn't even drink. <laughs> yeah, so we go, we go for Straight two for arrow, one margaritas huh? and I drink his. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Let me ask you a question. At this time, your daughter. She was uh, nine. She was, was turning 10. Your oldest was how old? Karina Rico. What's her name? Now, Karina Rico, from what I know about her, she has been always an aspiring actress and yes. model-esque type. Like from a young girl, mm -hmm. she just always had higher aspirations. Oh, yeah, I drove her. Driven, a driven human being, if you will. And it turns out that this little girl that you raised through all this stuff, a lot of stuff turns out to be a Hollywood model. producer, director, actress, model, slash spokesperson, slash movie maker, interviewer. <laughs> yeah. TMZ, like so many times. Yeah, all the time. So she's sparked up quite a bit of success in Hollywood, California. And let's face it, if you're somebody on this planet, Hollywood is. You know, usually the the place where it happens. And uh, Karina now was nine when you met Mike. And you told me that she said something when, mm -hmm. when she gets older, she's going to be a movie star yeah. and help take care of you. So she must have had very positive thoughts through all yeah. the stuff that I happened mean, with you yeah. and Robert. She she was very driven. It didn't, not that it didn't bother her, but she had a dream that. Well, that's one of the things I always uh, anything sure penetrate with my that dream. I, you know, I didn't have a found a solid foundation when I was. Oh, that moving from place to place, how difficult it was on me, and uh, I didn't want that for my kids. So I tried giving them the you know a, a, a nice strong foundation that they wouldn't have any insecurities like I did and, you know, give them the strength and the love and everything that they needed so they could have their success. So with that, I think that that was really, you know, I, when we moved from out of the area, I still continued to take them to, to the same school until the school had ended because I wanted them to have, I didn't want them to be moving, you know, in the middle of, of school. I wanted them to stay there with their friends. And then, and then when, school ended we were able to you know start the new school and and i went there with them and and uh enrolled them and stayed with them so you know just to just to give the, the security and all that stuff so it really helped them a lot 
And at this point, when you met Mike, where was Robert in the picture? Obviously, you broke up well, when he yeah, went to jail. Robert, and it just didn't work Robert, out, right? Yeah. So well, no, he came home. He went his way after just, jail. You went your you way. Know, wasn't didn't work out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went to it live fell with apart. His... And when you met Mike, when you went to go live with his sister, when you met well, Mike, was where was Robert at in his in life? Ranch just coming out of jail. Okay. So he's getting his life um, back together. I think he was starting. Was to he with anybody? Yes. Okay, and then you meet Mike. And how long before? It was really you fast. And Mike I mean, I was together? living in that that room, and uh, when I met Mike, he's like, "You can't live in a room," and uh, I couldn't afford to get into an apartment. So he was like, "Well, why don't you get into an apartment, and I'll help you." Um, Cause my credit was bad cause I just lost my home. So, you know, I knew that I wouldn't be able to qualify. So he says, I'll put my. And this is how like, long after, not, how, not, how long maybe after a you month. Met Mike, this was this conversation. And, um, he's like, I, I'll put it in my credit. Okay. So I was like, okay. So I, I was working in real estate and I asked the, uh, the owner of the company if he could give me, um, an advance on the pay that I was getting. Cause he was paying me like a little base, a base salary. And then, uh, training me so that I could um, get my real estate license. And so got it together. He went and signed for uh, the apartment. And then all of a sudden he's bringing his clothes in. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like, I'm moving in. I'm like, already? <laughs> but it... So Mike thought he was renting the apartment for you two yeah. and you and thought he was, he was renting the apartment for you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> poor bastard well it's his place what am i going to tell him so you, you let know, him move in I, I, you know he did it he did it to get us out of that so in this apartment so he got the three a three bedroom guys, apartment so and, you and Mike so and i was else. able to bring my brother back and uh my two girls shared a room and my brother had his room and then we had the master room Okay, yeah, so that was a busy home. little apartment. So, there was some, a lot of people in there. I think it was about How a year, long was a it till you got out of that apartment? Um, and where did you move? We moved to Via Dienza. We bought a house. <laughs> really? You bought a brand new house? Wait a minute. No, no, no. Wait, hang on. I'm sorry. Not, not, no, I, I so within a up. year with Mike. No, we went to go live house. in my sister-in-law's house my ex-sister-in-law's house because they moved back to Mexico. So we stayed there for about a year and then we ended up getting, buying a house. So it's two years. Okay. So still, okay. Within two years mm -hmm. of being with Mike, you guys buy a brand new house. Now in between that, before you buy the brand new house, you said your brother died. Yeah. Okay, so he was living in the apartment with um, you and Mike. I, he, I was consulting at this time, so I was like uh, going down to San Diego. So a lot of times I would, I'd be home like on the weekends, but I, I would go work down there for like, you know, three days out of the week. And then I'd come home and uh, my brother was like, 
telling me he was having some issues. He was having pain in his chest. And I said, well, I'm going to leave, take my car and go to Kaiser. And so um, when I came home, he told me that um, he went to Kaiser and he had a, a huge tumor in his lung and they, they wanted him to go to the county hospital. And uh, he got really sick, like he was feeling really bad. Not that he was sick, he was just having a lot of pressure in his chest. I called the ambulance and they were going to take him to to the county hospital because he's medical. And I begged the ambulance drivers to please not take him to the county. Please take him to Loma Linda so he could have, you know, a, a nice, you know, good hospital. So they did that for me. They took him to the Loma Linda hospital. And uh, when they admitted him, they said that he had a, a very rare tumor in his lung. It was called a teratoma tumor. And um, they say that a teratoma tumor almost is like, like, like if you were to have a twin, like it could be, a, it could have been a twin. It's like, it's a mass of bone and hair. So like teeth, like, and it's just a really weird thing. Yeah. How long uh, after a, the, a that he got admitted to the hospital did he pass away? Wow. So a month later, Tim literally was living with you day to day is like dead a, a like, month later. Like I'm son, sorry for that. You know? Wow. Yeah. That's a tough pill to swallow. His birthday's coming up. April. And, uh, wow. So your relationship with Mike is flourishing mm -hmm. at this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah advancing you guys are buying a new house and what happened after you bought that house what kind, what business well, did I you was get a, into after uh, that in you, medical how did you buy I, I did medical billing and what i was doing medical do? consulting with my friend at this time and um she asked me to go consult with her at this dme medical supply company and i knew nothing about dme medical supplies and i literally went with her to do this consultation. She didn't even know how to do it. I was the one who figured it all out. I figured out how to get the billing done and uh, did a great job. And then we got another, another uh, a contract with the DME company through the company that we were, that we consulted for and uh, they wanted to hire us. So uh, from, I learned all the DME stuff and, and, and how to do all the billing and I did their billing. And this is when, you know, Providers wanted to come in. These, it was, you know, they knew they had family and friends that wanted to open up DMEs. So they started recommending me, like, have Michelle do your billing. And so from there, I started a billing company. And from home, you know, I, I told Mike, I said, look, I said, I have this, I could do this. I just don't have the money. And he said, I, I have a friend on my route that has a computer. I told him what I needed. And he grabbed the computer from his friend on the route. I set it all up in the house about everything going to be able to do the medical billing. And it just flourished from there because of my, you know, my hard work and dedication and, and, and doing, and doing the billing for these uh, providers. So all of a yeah. sudden you have a flourishing medical business out of all this tragedy that you, I'm sorry, suffered. You've and got, it just you've went got out of control. It was like from one day to the next, like service. I was just getting like all of these referrals and I was doing con consulting and, you know, it was, 
just it just went really fast and and just money was coming everywhere it was it was just no i actually had told him and mike like, was still hey, delivering you know, water during the, this you don't need to work because we got a lot we got a lot of money coming in you know so he ended up putting uh sparklets and working working with me Oh my gosh, don't ask me years. Was okay. it 19? So what year was 99? this? Nineteen ninety seven. What year did you meet Mike? Nineteen ninety seven. Okay. Uh, no, we How long uh, have you, do you still live in that same house? Two years? Or maybe a year. Have to I I gotta remember it. Everything went so so fast. So yeah, bought another house. A bigger house, a forty-three hundred square feet house in Ranch Cucamonga, and um, are you peeing? No. <laughs> I know you go to the corner over there. I heard water pouring right now. So Not at all. You're peeing right now. <laughs> Maybe. All right, we're we're at an okay. hour exactly right now. We're going to come with episode two after this. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about next episode, some of Karina's success. And, you know, this episode here was a lot about your past, you know, addictions. Family. with Not your addictions, but your mom and your brothers. Next episode, we're going to talk about the successes that Karina has had the success that you had with your medical billing service. And there's still another sad story with Crystal that maybe, you know, is a touchy subject, but it's fascinating. Nevertheless, it's going to be touchy for you. So I hope you get ready for that. It's going to be, that's going to be a tough one. And uh, just how you've navigated all that over the last few years, where you're at now, where do you see yourself in the future? And uh, we'll touch on all that. Uh, I know you had great success in the 2000s, and I want to hear about that. I want to hear numbers. I want to know how much you made, how many employees you had. <laughs> I want to even know what kind of car you drove, because uh, uh, I, your story, you know, that it's definitely going to be a rags to riches story, because you went from running, living in your sister-in-law's house to all these close siblings, brothers, relatives passing away. And I want to, I want to hear about the good times in your life on the next episode. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. So <laughs> you promise me another episode. Okay. <laughs> That's you a too. yes. I'm going to take that. Thank as a you. Yes. Bye-bye. All right. Well, have a good